And welcome back to another episode of the 49 Away podcast. Don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. For today's episode, we're going to do things a little different as we have a guest on today's episode, my friend and fellow 49er fan, Zach. And we'll go over a few questions and talk about training camp and all that. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. How are you doing, Jay? Doing all right, man. Just a few weeks to go until week one getting underway and with that, I will start with the first question is, today the Niners announced that there will be no fans attending le- uh, games week one against Arizona. For the other home games, they're still decided on whether they're going to allow fans into the stadium or not. How do you feel about watching a game with no faithful in the stands for week one's game against the Cardinals? It's going to be interesting. I think, you know, watching all of the other sports and seeing how they're playing with no fans, I think you start to kind of learn how it feels so I think it'll be all right transitioning into week one but I think it's going to be weird for the players it's going to be more like a practice than a game with no fans and it's going to be fun to see them adjust I think 100% I mean I think from watching the NBA the NHL and the MLB so far I think more so related to the MLB because they're actually in their Mm -hmm. home stadiums right so you kind of get a feel of what it's like with no fans and I think I've, I've kind of gotten used to it a little bit. It's not too much. You know, when you're watching on TV, you get the, yeah. there's still the crowd noise kind of pumped in. So you still kind of get that. But boy, it's going to be weird when they do a shot from outside and look at, you know, no yeah. fans around and anything. That's going to be really weird. And I know something that I always personally look forward to in that first home game when the defense gets out there for that first possession and you just hear, the whole crowd getting into it for sure selling defense you know what I mean and especially this year coming off of a you know going to the Super Bowl and what a defense we have it's it's going to be a little weird but I mean I'm sure we'll we'll all have to adjust and and adapt to it right once once the intensity is in the game and you're have a tight game going into the third and fourth they're going to forget all about the fans and focus just on the football and I think that's uh what you're going to see I don't think it will impact them other than the first couple plays and who can uh take advantage of that will the away team be able to take advantage because the fans aren't there oh exactly yeah that's exactly what I was just about to I'm add in there too but the interesting thing is going to be is it going to be easier for a road team Mm -hmm. or is it going to be harder because sometimes the road team feeds off of that atmosphere yeah definitely so that's going to be something interesting to look forward to but every team's going to be different even if you know, some teams are having limited fans in the stadium. I still don't mm-hmm. think that will play much of an effect anyways. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens and how that plays out. But it's definitely going to be interesting when the Niners go to CenturyLink Field to play Seattle, go to the Superdome and play New Orleans. Those are the games yeah. that we're yeah. really going to get a sense of home field advantage and how the crowd really does play an impact in the game, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. But I mean... Even with all that, of course, there is still football going to be played, thankfully. Of course, a lot of people doubted that and everything, but just glad that that's going to be happening. But so far, there's, what, two, three weeks till week one. How do you feel right now about the 2020 49ers heading into week one, just a few weeks heading into the season? 
you know, I feel good about the Niners. They just came off of a Super Bowl appearance. But there's been a lot of injuries in camp, especially to the wide receiver core. And that is scaring me a bit. I think, uh, you know, one of the good things is uh, Ayuk's comparison is Debo Samuel. Yeah. So if he's able to kind of perform the way Debo did at the start of last year, like I'm sure he's going to take on Debo's routes uh, now that he's gone. And uh, if he can perform it well under Shanahan's offense, it's going to be great experience for the rookie. And it'll be even better when Debo comes back as that uh, addition, like Emmanuel Sanders was last year. 100%. I really could not agree more with that. I think that B- Shanahan has a lot of high expectation for Brandon Ayuk coming out of the, um, mm-hmm. just right from week one. And especially with Debo supposedly missing the first few weeks, Ayuk's going to get that extra reps in right away. But I think without preseason, it'll be interesting. I think it will give him a little more time to get into things, knowing that he is a rookie, that he hasn't had preseason. So it's going to be different just throwing him right into the deep end right away, right? Definitely. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, veteran help, though, from especially Kendrick Bourne. He's taken on a big leadership role uh, for the wide receivers. And I think uh, there's a big story about uh, Dante Pettis this week, about how he takes full responsibilities for his actions uh, in 2019 and said he was frustrated with uh, the coaches, I think, especially Shanahan. And he says he, he's talked with Shanahan and they're a lot better and they've got along. And I think uh, he could have a surprising 100%. year. 100%. I think that's huge, honestly, to have Dante Pettis get back into things and to have that guy that they didn't have last year. And just when you've lost Emmanuel Sanders too, you the Niners are kind of looking Definitely. for that other guy. But I, I really don't think the Niners are going to have to worry much about that. I think they have a lot of talent throughout their receiving corps and their running back room is phenomenal. We'll get to that in a little bit. And of course the one signing that I think goes kind of underrated, if it pans out is Jordan Reed, a tight end. Right. Gotcha. Jordan Reed, when he's healthy, I think we all kind of know what he can do and what he's capable of. But I think that's another guy to look out for if he's healthy that, you know, maybe we won't need to rely so heavily on these young guys at receiver early on in the season when you have tight ends like him and Kittle, as well as a backfield that we do. Yeah, well, I think Reed's going to be a good fit, especially back with Shanahan, uh, where he had success with a couple years ago. And then pairing him and Kittle, it just gives you two dynamic options there. It's going to be interesting to see how they use them. 100%. And we all know Kyle Shanahan is so versatile when it comes to the run game, the pass game. So we know Kittle and Reed are going to be used in multiple different ways. But let's go back to the receivers a little bit and kind of don't analyze the receivers that we have here that the Niners have going into this Mm -hmm. season. Who is your one guy in this group that you think needs to step up the most in place of Debo Samuel? I know you already mentioned Dante Pettis and – you mentioned Brandon Ayuk, but is there anyone else you see kind of jumping up or still those two guys? Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, Kendrick Bourne's going to take a big 100%. step. You know, as a leader, you know, he's going all that confidence this year. And that confidence is uh, really helping the Niners and bringing the Niners together. So I think he's going to be uh, a guy that Jimmy's going to look at, especially because he's been with Jimmy for the last two to three mm-hmm. years. So he's going to get, he's got that experience. 100%. I honestly couldn't agree more with that. I think KB is going to have a big year for sure. He seems very motivated throughout the off season to really get back to the Super Bowl and have a big year for this team. But I think that's 
a big factor that not many people recognize about this 49ers team in general is that they Mm -hmm. went through so much adversity last season in so many big games that they have now been in those situations. They can take anything now, right? I think that that's one of the biggest things, especially for some of these young receivers like Debo and KB. Yeah, they're young guys, but they have last year they went through it all and they now have playoff experience under their belt and they they've been there and they've they've lost the Super Bowl. They know what that's like. So I think that that will really prepare them heading into this season big time for sure. Once you make it to the Super Bowl, that's that's just elite experience at its best. And getting there, like going into the playoffs this year, we're not worried about the first two rounds. We know how to handle them. And, you know, I think it's going to be great. I think do really well. again. 100%. I definitely agree with that. And one more thing to touch upon in the receivers, the name that neither of us mentioned was Trent Taylor. I think he is going to have a big year if he can stay healthy. Him and Jimmy had a lot of chemistry back in 2017 in those four, in those few games that they had together. And last year before Taylor went out with the foot injury, he was supposedly one of the best receivers at camp. So, yeah, yeah, so I think that's another guy you can add in there in the slot as well. So I think the Niners have more higher expectations for the receivers than I think a lot of people give them credit for. For sure. I I think think one more you can kind of fit in as uh, someone, if they have to go really deep, is Uh, Jawan Jennings, uh, the seventh-round pick. He, He... fits into uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense perfectly, just like Ayuk and uh, Samuel. You know, his uh, yards after catch is just ridiculous coming out of college. 100%. I definitely agree with that. I think Jawan Jennings is a guy that not many people are talking about. He was with uh, Garoppolo in their camp in June that they ran. I think I've heard a lot of good things about him too. So Mm -hmm. in the event that, you know, obviously there's already been a few injuries, but if anything else happens, Jawan Jennings could be definitely a big guy to bring in and get some reps there too, for sure. Yeah, it was a deep wide receiver draft this year, which is why normally he'd be a bit higher than a seventh round pick. And he also had a bit of an attitude issue. So if that's all that it is. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. And I know if Shanahan and Lynch know that, you know, they only bring in guys that fit the culture. So I think yeah. there should be definitely some good things coming there, but um, let's move into the running backs mm-hmm. a little bit. And we all know, you know, what we got from Raheem Mostert down the stretch last season. We know what we got from Tevin Coleman even Jeff Wilson, who stepped up a few times, but the one guy that really none of us 49er fans know and what to expect, it could be something elite or it could be something completely disappointing. And that's Jarek McKinnon <laughs> coming back from a torn ACL who's been out his first two years. What, what's your take on Jarek McKinnon and how he fits in and, and your expectations for him this season? Well, Jarek McKinnon's a big back. I think I, I don't. I think he's going to be uh, important on those third downs. You know, I, I think Mostert is probably going to get uh, most of the downs with Tevin Coleman coming in as like a pass catch option. But Jarek McKinnon is a power back that Shanahan has wanted to use for the last two years. He's he's been so excited to get his hands on Jarek McKinnon, and now that he's finally healthy, I think he can add him into that offense and. Shanahan can do anything. He's a wizard. With I label. could not agree with that more. And I've heard a lot of good things about Jet so far in training camp. And a lot of the players have said mm-hmm. really good things. And his legs look really good. And his route running looks great. And I think that's the difference maker that he makes. And 
in this offense, especially that he's more experienced. Last year, I think you kind of saw Shanahan used Jeff Wilson, which I was kind of surprised about this, using Jeff Wilson in the passing game in yeah. the Super Bowl. I was kind of surprised. But then again, yep. when you think about it, Moster wasn't as experienced in the passing game. Neither is Tevin Coleman. And Matt Breida's reps got completely taken away. So when you think yep. of it that way, they didn't really have a guy that you can put out there as a running back that that you're confident in enough to make plays. And I think that's why Shanahan brought in Jarek McKinnon in the first place. And now, of Definitely. course, if we're without Debo for the first few games, you're adding a guy like Jarek McKinnon, not just in the run game, but in the pass game too, which could be a huge threat to this yep. offense. Yeah, I think Jarek McKinnon was also uh, working out with Debo Yes, Samuel I believe he was. I think uh, he ended up going to work out with uh, Adrian yes. Peterson as well. And they said how intense that workout was and how crazy Adrian Peterson's workout is. And Debo had to like, like puke a couple times after the first one because it was just so much different than he was used to. So I think that's going to help both of them. In yeah, 100%. And yes, he did work out with Adrian Peterson and Debo Samuel. And again, that probably definitely helped them get in a lot better football shape for sure. But I think there's a lot of, there's just so yeah. many weapons on this team. And this is why Kyle Shanahan and this offense, they don't need a big super. I know a lot of people wanted them to go out and get a Des Bryant or get a big yeah. game player, but they don't necessarily need them to do that, right? They they, they just need guys who uh, can fit the offense, I think. They don't 100%. Need those and names. I think when you look at this roster and this offense, there is a lot of talented pieces that can produce a lot of offense. So I yeah. think there's definitely a lot of good things there. But before we head to the defense, obviously we can't end talking about the offense without talking about the quarterback now, can we? And – of course, Jimmy Definitely. Garoppolo has been under a bunch of criticism throughout the soft season. I think you and I can both kind of take it from the fact that, I mean, I personally, I can't stand the criticism, but I mean, what's, what's your take on all that? I, I, th I think it's just fuel. It's so much fuel. I, I think the Niners are having so much fun after making it to the Super Bowl last year that they're they're just gonna they're just taking it all in and then they're gonna dish it out on everyone once we destroy them. Like once we get that win, they're they're gonna go back and they're just gonna laugh in their face and Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna tweet back and all that stuff. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, Jimmy's never a guy like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't talk. He keeps to himself. He plays. His game, you know, he's he yeah, he's not in. one of those guys that, you know, goes on social media and all of it. He doesn't even answer George Kittle's calls, for God's sake. So, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think when it comes yeah. to Garoppolo, the one thing that I think he needs to improve on is his turnovers. That's the only thing that I think. But Definitely. what would you say if there's something you could agree with me or there's something else? What do you think he needs to improve on? Well, I think he... he he has to definitely improve on his turnovers. And I think he's got to stick to the short game. And I think you got to look for the open guy and get those chips at those yards. Because if you look at uh, the team, the team is made for yards after catch. So you, you dish it out and they go for five or 10 yards and you just keep on doing that and wearing down the defense. And then once in a while, you set up those long balls to maybe a guy like yeah, Pettis. Yeah, 100%. I could not agree more with that. And it's funny that... I know everyone kind of goes to the Emmanuel Sanders throw in the Super Bowl, but for me, what I think is a little more yep. upsetting is how many times he missed George Kittle wide open. I think that's mm -hmm. more of 
plays that could have produced in points opposed to, oh, he missed the one home run ball to Emmanuel Sanders that he's hit twice before that. So if he can pinpoint his accuracy on those short passes, that that will be great. It will set him up perfectly. But there's times where the guy is wide open and he misses him and you can't miss wide 100%. open. 100%. And I, I don't think that – I think that Garoppolo will learn from that. And quite frankly, he was very good in the deep ball last year. It's just unfortunate that that had to happen in the one game where the whole world was watching. But, you know, it, it is what it yep. is. But I, I really do think Garoppolo will take the next step in this offense. And I know a lot of people have been talking about can Garoppolo do a similar thing that Matt Ryan did in his second year in yep. Shanahan's offense. And I think we all know how that went. Matt Ryan, that was, I think, the best season in his whole career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he had such a good career with. Yeah. So I think that if, you know, Garoppolo can take that leap and in his second full season, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And now he has playoff experience. He's been I don't think you could ask for two bigger pressure games like the games against New Orleans and Baltimore and Seattle, Seattle. both Seattle games. You know, it's Mm -hmm. what he's done was great. And Something that I also think of sometimes that people do forget is, you know, when people talk about Emmanuel Sanders left and Debo Samuel's injured and whatever, the Niners, we could have gotten crushed that first game against Seattle. Garoppolo took this team. Yep. I think but Sanders was banged up and left. Debo was banged up. Yep. And we didn't have George Kittle that game either. And yet Garoppolo still managed to keep us in that game. I think that's something that people forget about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, people underestimate Garoppolo and think it's the team around him. And I, th- I think Garoppolo is just – he's a lot smarter than people Agreed. take him for. So he, he can come up with those plays that uh, extend the drive and get a first down here and there and then let the run game take I over. I completely agree with that. And it's funny because in 2017 when he came in, I mean, he's throwing the guys like – no offense because Marquise Goodwin is a very talented receiver, but – you have him as your number one guy, yeah. and then you're throwing to guys like Aldrick Robinson and Lewis Murphy, like, and Garoppolo, and Garoppolo <laughs> was fantastic days. with them. So, you know what I mean? I think, yep. I think people will end up seeing that, but of course, you know. And la- last year was his exactly. first full year playing exactly. quarterback. This is year two. Like, he he's he improved so much from the start of the year oh, in absolutely. Game one to the end of the year in the Super Bowl that it, the improvement's gonna be shown this oh, year. 100%, 100%. I definitely agree with that. But of course, you can't you can't please the media until you know you you know you of win course. a playoff game <laughs> in a close game and he throws more than eight passes or wins the Super Bowl or whatever the hell it may be. But I mean, for yeah. us, we don't care. You know, Jimmy will be Jimmy, and and that's that. But. Anyways, let's head over yep. to the defense now and talking about the, the defensive line. Obviously, the obvious thing about the defensive line is the Niners will be without DeForest Buckner as they traded him to Indianapolis and they got Javon Kinlaw in the draft in return. Is there anyone who do you think is going to be the guy that steps up in place of Defoe? Well, I think it's going to be DJ Jones at the start. You know, I've heard a lot about him in a training camp and how. He's really been the guy to step up for uh, the loss of Defoe. 
I think uh, Kinlaw, I haven't heard much about, but I've heard that he's just been there and been doing his job where, you know, he gets all of these tackles for yards lost. That's the big thing about Kinlaw. He's, he's not always the sack guy. He may have those low sack numbers, but he's that guy who will take on uh, the center and the guard while uh, DJ Jones goes by or Bosa goes by. He, he's the guy who kind of blocks I up I completely the agree with that. And I also have DJ Jones filling in for DeForest Buckner week one. I think he will get those, um, those reps yep. for Buckner majority of the time, unless it's on third downs. But I think the biggest thing is last year and why I think Eric Armstead thrived so much last year was because when you have Nick Bosa on one end and you have D Ford on the other end, you don't know who to pay attention yep. to, right? It's one of those pick your poison mm-hmm. type things where I think I agree with you in the sense where I think Javon Kinlaw will start off slow, similar to what I was saying about Brandon Ayuk, because you don't have preseason and it's your yep. first, you know, NFL real game time, right? So I think it'll take him a little slower yep. to get into things, but I really wouldn't be surprised if Javon Kinlaw gets a few sacks in the first few games solely because of the reason that you have a healthy D Ford and a healthy Nick Bosa. And that just opens the floodgates in the middle for this team. Definitely. I think DJ Jones will start over in the first game uh, along yep. with Armstead, Ford and Bosa. If Bosa's healthy. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, I think he will. I mean, it's, there's still a few weeks to go with, yeah, I think it's hundred oh, percent, and it's really best. You mean we know they know what what Nick Bosa brings, they know what Armstead brings, and all these guys. So I think they don't need to worry about that. But um, I I think again, you yep. know, you lose a guy like Buckner, and I think every Forty Nine er fan can speak to what we all thought of him and how um good he was when he was on the field. Not even just Definitely. his leadership and him being a team captain and all that, but I think the Niners team has so many guys that can fill in for him and dj jones ronald blair Cantavia street a few guys yep. just to name off the top of the head but i think there's one guy that both of us definitely could speak upon that this is a massive year and it would be a huge help 100%. and i think you know who i'm talking about solomon solomon definitely thomas. yep yeah solomon thomas is this is another make or break season for solomon thomas uh, he he's finally getting the chance, I think, with uh Buck with uh Buckner gone, that if he can step up and be the guy, the former second overall pick, if he can show a bit of that potential, that would be big for the 49ers line. But I don't think it, like if he doesn't, I think we are fine. Especially he's like our fifth string on our team, which is pretty good to have a fifth string a second overall. Oh, hundred percent, it definitely is, and. You know, you go back to last year and everyone was talking, oh my God, they've, you know, three, four first round guys in the D-line. But when you talk to someone, they'd say Buckner, they talk about Armstead, Bosa. Not a lot of people talk about Solomon Thomas because he hasn't given that impact that I think John Lynch wanted him to do. Yep. But I know Robert Sala the other day addressed the fact that they want to play him more inside than outside this year. And hopefully that will bring up his mm-hmm. game because when he was at Stanford, he played more inside than outside. And I, I think if, if, hey, if that's the thing to get Solomon Thomas going, by all means, yes. do it. Exactly. Let him do I, it. You have so much help on 100%. the outside already with 100%. Ford and Bosa. Let him play wherever he wants. And if it sparks something, 100%. it's And great. they went out and got Deion Jordan as well for outside depth as well. So I definitely yep. think 
that's a huge thing. And I really hope, I think the best possible scenario at the end of the year is Solomon Thomas has the type year that Eric Armstead did last year. And, and like I said before, yep. if Bosa and Ford can stay healthy, Solomon Thomas very well could be in for a big year. But again, we've, who knows what's yep. going to happen this year, but definitely that's something to look for on the D line. But um, lastly, we'll go to the secondary. And I think everything's kind of, you know, good in the secondary, except for obviously the other cornerback spot opposed to Richard Sherman. Yes. So out of these three guys, Witherspoon, Mosley, and Jason Verrett, which one is your leading candidate right now? Or do you think one of them has a better shot than the others to win that job? I think personally it's going to go to Mosley. You know, Mosley has a bit less experience than Witherspoon, but he, he came up big in the playoffs last year. He ended up did he ended up playing in the Super yes. Bowl, I believe, and in uh, the match before. And I he he's proven to be all right. I mean, no one's going to be as great when you're playing uh, with Richard Sherman on the other side. But out of the three options, I'd pick I him. I definitely agree with that. And um, I also would pick Emmanuel Mosley. I think he has the most experience out of those three guys. <clears throat> he he has yeah he has the most experience, but he also played the best out of those guys down the stretch last season. Yep. Although he did make a few mistakes in the Super Bowl, but I mean. I could probably say everyone in the secondary made mistakes in that Super Bowl. So I wouldn't say it was just one guy and all that. But I also think Emmanuel Mosley, for that reason, he played fantastic in the Packers game, in the championship game. He was great. But I don't quite trust Akella Witherspoon yet. But here's my thing about Akella Witherspoon. I don't know if you remember the the first, like, two, three games before he got hurt. Mm -hmm. He was playing very good. He, he was on right, a tear. That's my thing is he was playing at a very high yeah. level. So I think if he can kind of use that as motivation and bounce back from that, if he's healthy, Witherspoon could end up emerging from that after all. Well, I, I think you can see uh, all three rotating because, you know, Shanahan likes Brett. Brett's yep. a veteran. He's probably there as someone just to guide them more than actually play, but he'll get those reps where he'll come in uh, for a, an important situation where they need a healthy, bo- uh, rested body, and he could make a big 100%, play. Once it I could not agree with that more. I mean, my thing with Jason Verrett is I've read all the talk, I've seen what he can do. But my thing about Jason Verrett, if he can just get out of one game healthy, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. That would be great I mean? for it's him. One of those things where the guy has had so much bad injury history that if. Bad luck. Exactly. That if he can just, you know, get out of a game healthy and can get just in a rhythm of getting reps and staying healthy, then I think, yeah, Jason Verrett can be that guy. But I just don't trust him yet for obviously very obvious reasons. But we'll see what happens there. It should be a very good competition for that. But I would expect Emmanuel Mosley to start week one. But same similar thing to later in the uh, last season where if one of them struggles, I don't think – yeah, yeah I don't think the they're going to hesitate to bench one and put the yep. other in and all that. But um, one last question for the secondary. Obviously, we all heard the news about Earl Thomas a few days ago. If you were John mm-hmm. Lynch, would you take a shot on Earl Thomas or be happy with who we got in-house? Well, I'm pretty sure they're happy with who they got in the house. I think I saw a, a tweet, uh, I think, an hour ago saying that uh, Shanahan has 
no disrespect towards Earl Thomas, but they're yes, happy. Yes, that is team. correct. You know, you you've already been uh, in this situation. You know, you you already got these guys. You've been practicing with them. You're going into the season. You don't need to pick up a guy like Earl Thomas. Yeah, your safeties are good. They work. I definitely agree with that. And I think when you have a guy like Earl Thomas on the market, I think, you know, I think every team should really take a good look at their roster and say, hmm, you know, can we need him? Because mm-hmm. he's Earl Thomas. He has an amazing track record. When he's healthy, he's one of the best safeties in the league. But obviously, he's coming out of a very sketchy situation in Baltimore. We don't... Yeah, he's got a lot of off... Uh, yeah, like we, we don't know all the, you know, bolts and nuts about that whole thing. But I think it's best to stay away from that. But here's my thing about the Niners' safeties yeah. right now. The Niners wouldn't have gave Jimmy Ward a three-year contract if they didn't really believe in him. And and I've seen Agreed. Jimmy Ward from how he was as a rookie in 2014 and now. Last season, I've never seen him play better. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had a great season last year. Both 100%. safeties were great. It was very unfortunate when, uh, the, the, when the injury hit. But I, I think having them both healthy this year and having them play together, they run off each other. And, and they're running the secondary they're running that secondary and they're giving the plays and they're helping out and i think it's great that we have couldn't those agree more with that i think that jimmy ward and jaquaski tart are both coming off of their best season of their career easily but i think my one thing with jaquaski tart is can he play 16 games healthy yeah, yeah that that's my question. one thing he always seems to get hurt at some point during the year and i hope that hopefully this obviously this season there's god knows so much uncertainty especially with the covid list and all that stuff but um i hope tart can stay on the field because i also think he's coming off of the best ball of his career as well <clears throat> but yep well, yeah overall i think the niners roster looks very good i think they're one of the best teams in the nfc heading into the season without a doubt but um we'll end off this episode with a few questions just kind of looking at the season how the niners compare to their NFC teams, but how do you think the Niners match up match up against the rest of the NFC West? Obviously, the Rams lost talent. The Seahawks go in and get Jamal Adams. The Cardinals get DeAndre Hopkins. Where do you think the Niners match up in the West right now? Well, I think the NFC West is the best division in football right now. I don't think there's a question about that. I think each four teams would be a playoff contender if they were in a different division. I think uh, the Niners still have the edge in this division, you know, making it to the Super Bowl last year. And you did it, they, Niners didn't lose much of their team that they had last year, uh, other than Sanders, who they replaced with Ayuk, and Buckner, who they replaced with Kinlaw. So I, I think they're on top. I think the addition of Adams really uh, challenges the Niners, but I think it's kind of funny how. Uh, Seattle gave up two firsts to get a guy who can cover George Kittle. Hey, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I find it pretty funny, too. I like, <laughs> I almost, lo- I hate the fact that Jamal Adams went to Seattle, but almost love the fact that how much they had to give up for that and how much you're going to have to pay yeah. after his contract is up. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some there. But I definitely agree with that. I think the Rams, I think a lot of people thought that they struggled last year, which obviously they did. But they were still nine yep. and seven. Like they weren't a terrible team. Like if that yeah. whole line stays yeah. healthy, they might end up getting in the playoffs, right? 
that that was that was what helped them uh, the last couple of years. ran through. You know, Gurley's not there anymore, but what I've heard from uh, camps, he's looking pretty good, and he could be good running in McVeigh's offense as long as the O line's healthy. So that's that's probably. But the Rams are probably your worst team in that division. The other team that I absolutely am in love with is the Cardinals. You know, Kyler Murray is looking great. Kenyon Drake is looking like a number one back. You have Hopkins, you have Larry Fitz, and you have Christian Kirk. All three guys could get this year. Yeah, no, 100%. The Cardinals are very talented, but of course they're the thing with them and the Rams that you just you don't really know, right? The Cardinals added yeah. guys. Rams They're both young guys. and inexperienced. Yeah, ex- exactly, a hundred percent. Which I almost like the fact that the Niners get Arizona Week One at home, especially with yeah. no preseason as well. I think advantage goes to San Fran. But when they play, yep. when when, we, when they have to go to Arizona Week Sixteen, different story. I think Arizona will be a lot more polished and they'll be a lot better yep. of a game. And last year they almost had us twice. I think I think Arizona is going to surprise a lot of people, but near the end. Yes. I think they're going to start off a bit poor, and then people are going to count them out, and then they're going to come back on a streak. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, anytime you have, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, a future Hall of Famer, and you got DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in football on the other side, and you have Kyler Murray at quarterback, I mean, you know, you're, you're bound to succeed yep. at some point. I mean, this team is just too talented on paper to – to falter. And and their defense is great too, you know, with a uh, Buda Baker who they just signed yep. to a four-year deal making him the highest paid safety. He looks great and you got Isaiah Simmons in the draft who can play literally anywhere and can stop anyone. He'll be the guy to probably cover Kittle week 1. Oh, 100%. Then, you know, we'll get to all that closer to week 1 matchups of, you know, the Cardinals and the Niners week 1, but I definitely agree with that. I think this is going to come down to Seattle and San Fran again late in the year. I hope it doesn't come to that week 17 game again. Oh yeah. I really don't <laughs> think I could handle another one of those, but I mean, Seattle they they almost had us too last year. That's the matter of the fact yep. and this NFC West is going to be a very, very tough division. Every single game is going to be a dogfight, but it should be good there for sure. But the last question mm-hmm. I think we're going to get to here is the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl if blank. I think if Jimmy G shows that improvement, he he's really got to pick it up. And if he's that leader and he shows the improvement from last year and is more accurate, you know, even with guys like Samuel out and losing a guy like Jalen Hurd, I think he's going to pinpoint guys like Kittle, Bourne, Ayuk, Pettis, and he'll lead the team. So if Jimmy G shows the improvement, we'll be back in the Super Bowl. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that, that Garoppolo is that one missing element to this team. If he can take that to the next level, I think we saw so many pieces come in and out on offense last year, right? Debo and Sanders were in and out. Um, The old line was in and out. The running backs were constantly rotating, but the one constant was Jimmy Garoppolo. Whether you look at 2018, the one missing guy we didn't have was Jimmy Garoppolo. And we, we were losing games left, right, and center. And I think that's the part that, again, that I always point out as a Niner fan and all of us can really point out is that yep. we've been watching these games for the last four or five years. We couldn't win a game for the life of us. Like, you know what I mean? 
But once Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo started started as the starting quarterback for the Niners, it was like we just we didn't lose. And the last thing is you look at uh, the O-line in front of him now. And Trent Williams, great acquisition in the offseason. He's been getting uh, really into it in training camp, especially him and Bosa have been going head-to-head. And uh, they've both been praising each other. And then apparently him and Lincoln Tomlinson, who's his left guard, have become very close. So that's a good connection to have. Especially yeah, that's, that's a huge connection. And um, I know I talked about this on previous episodes that Lincoln Tomlinson is the one guy on the O-line that I think just doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And Javon Kinlaw 100%. gave him a lot of praise the other day saying that Lakin was very hard to move. And I'm like, hey, that's a good – Javon Kinlaw is a massive dude. I'm like, that's a pretty good <laughs> – yeah. yeah. It's a big compliment. Him, that's a big deal. And as for Trent Williams, I think that was just – that was the steal of the offseason. I think that was the best move John Lynch made when, you know, I mean, yep. Joe Staley was just a beloved guy from all of us. And – you know, who knows? I yep. was thinking, oh, if Staley retires, I guess it's up to Justin School or Brunskill. And, you know, it's eh. <laughs> but, I mean, we replace him with a guy like, like Trent Williams. Like, we're laughing. Right? Like, it's, it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And John Lynch, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better GM to make a move like couldn't that. Couldn't ask that's, for more. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. But um, I think my one yep. question mark for that O-line, though, is... I think once Weston Richburg comes back healthy, we'll be good. But that's my question beforehand. Yes. No one seems to know what the status of Ben Garland's ankle is. I keep trying to find out or figure that out. Yeah. But apparently Brunskill's getting reps at center, which is not a bad thing just in case if we need to move him to center. But I think yep. if Garland's ankle isn't that bad and he's at center, I wouldn't worry too much. But if Brunskill starts at center... I don't know. I need to see it, right? It's yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be concerning because then you have exactly. to someone else and to guard. Exactly, and that's the thing is that Brunskill's played tackle, played very good, played guard, played very good, but he hasn't played center and to center you, which yep. again is a good thing because he's getting the reps now, so he's getting chemistry mm-hmm. with Garoppolo. That's one of the reasons why Garland was so yep. successful last year because he was taking those reps in training camp when yep. Richburg was out, and look how that panned out. So, yep. you know, at the end of the day, who knows what happens, but there's so many variables. I mean, Definitely. it's football, injuries happen, and this year, unlike any other yeah. year, there's, you know, you yeah, have, you have the no virus idea. list and all that stuff. So, you have no idea what's going to happen. But anyways, Zach, this was a great episode, great conversation. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you we'll for having me. definitely have you on again. But that is the end of episode nine of the 49 Away podcast. And once again, don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. Thanks for listening.